We are the men who. Welcome to the Men Who Talk, the men's mental well-being podcast brought to you by the Men Who. The Men Who is a men's collective for actively maintaining positive mental well-being. With the Men Who, men have the opportunity to talk, listen, support, care for, and help themselves and each other build meaningful connections in person, online, and together. The Men Who Talk is our brand new podcast. We've been running men's talking circles in Edinburgh and beyond since 2019, but here we're bringing the conversation to you, exploring and sharing our experiences relating to men's mental well-being. Each episode you'll hear from our trustees, members, inspirational guests and people we've met on our journey so far on how they're learning to actively manage their minds. Together it's our purpose to raise the power of sharing what's on our mind and make it easier for men everywhere to access their well-being potential. Join us on this lifelong journey. We are the men who, and welcome to the men who talk. Hi everyone, it's John from The Men Who here and a very chilly welcome to episode two of The Men Who Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in to continue the conversation with us. It means a huge amount to have you along and hopefully you'll benefit from the words and wisdom of our friends and guests. This week it was an honour to be joined by Mark Miller, the inspired mind behind the famous Edinburgh Blue Balls. Now for those of you who don't know about the Blue Balls, they run a weekly swim group to give men the chance to improve both their mental and physical health in cold water environments. Since setting up, Mark and the group have captured the hearts, minds and balls of men and women across Edinburgh and as he'll go on to explain, have even gained an international following through their activities. In this episode, Mark and I discuss his mental well-being experiences, how Edinburgh Blue Balls came to life, and why dunking your junk at the same time as 20 other guys can help overcome the fear of cold water immersion. Mark's story is a powerful one, and what he's created has helped so many men gain a sense of community in the most unlikely of ways. It was awesome to hear this from him firsthand, and I hope that many of you, male or female, will be inspired to dust off your budgies and get into the sea. For now, thank you once again for joining us, and I really hope you enjoy the show. Don't forget to subscribe, rate the podcast and get in touch with us on the Instagram at the men who underscore to see what we're up to. So without further ado, let's dive in. Mark, a very, very warm welcome to The Men Who Talk. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me here. It's an absolute pleasure. Really excited that you're on this journey so early with us, because um, I think there's, there's a lot to talk about here between The Men Who and Edinburgh Blue Balls, which, which you obviously set up. It's something that we, The Men Who in particular, have been really interested in since we saw it come to life, and, and really excited to hear about your story um, behind the Blue Balls and, and wider kind of mental well-being journey. Thank you. It's, uh, we've been watching you guys as well, and it's. I think that both both things work really well together. And we've been sending quite a few guys to you, and uh, I know a lot of the blue balls are are really interested in coming along to your in sessions. Yeah, yeah, we've had a few good few guys along, and um, despite despite our poor lack of attendance at the dips, we are committed to getting along and getting our shorts on. Yes, that's well noted. So <laughs> hopefully, that's going to change after today. Yeah, I was speaking to to Joe on the last podcast, and we say we're going to have to get a men who want to organise just. I d- I did hear that, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think you guys definitely need to come down. And one of you guys live in Portobello? So so Joe lives there for the next week, I think. Right, okay. Um, so he might have an excuse to miss out because he's going up to Nairn. Ah. 
um, to, to pursue some, some, some good causes, but, um, but that's no excuse. We will get along. I'll get his address and get him down there. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, Look, it's, it's awesome to have you here. We're going to get into uh, your, your kind of mental well-being journey, what led towards um, the, the establishment of Edinburgh Blue Balls in a short while, um, and obviously the benefits that that, that gives you and, and the others who have participated. Before we get into that, can you give the listeners a, a little introduction to yourself and your background? Sure. Um, I'm a photographer, and I do a lot of content photography for brands. I am... I do a couple of whiskey brands, which I'm sure you might know something about. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've I I do a lot of content photography and uh, all freelance. I live in Portobello. I've lived in Edinburgh for probably last sixteen or seventeen years. I've got two kids and basically just trying to find that kind of mid forties life work balance and just trying to find my way in life. Yeah, the eternal the eternal uh, struggle for us all, I think. Yes, yes. <laughs> We're always a work in progress. Yes, of course. Um, look, so so for those that, that know the Edinburgh Blue Balls will know it's, it's um, it, from the outside, it's a perfect bringing to coming together of, of, of mental well-being and physical well-being. And, and you'll explain a little bit about, you know, how that came together in your mind and how you how you launched it. But before we get into the Edinburgh Blue Balls, what... What does what does kind of mental well being as a, a phrase or a concept mean to you in, in your experiences of life? Uh, on a personal level, I think basically just like everyone is just learning to deal with everyday situations, whether that be good or bad, and with a, a slightly over anxious brain. So just try to find my way with that. Uh, mental health is a bit of a stigma attached, and a lot of people when you mention mental health. They, they think that is a negative connotation with that rather than your mental health could be either very good or it could be bad. It's up and down. It's it's not necessarily a bad thing when you talk about mental health. And I, th- I noticed that you guys have you, mental well-being rather than mental health, which is it sounds a lot better and it makes people kind of understand that there is good and bad to mental health. So this is a really interesting use of the, 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 the phrase. <clears throat> I think like a lot of... Uh, groups like ours, we are very conscious around the language we use. You know, not just in person, but the way we choose to describe ourselves. Sure. And I think, I think that the the mental well being versus mental health the phrase that we use with the men who is is more kind of been a natural evolution towards that phrase. It's not something that we necessarily consciously set out at the start, but I think through our experiences, we found that well being is a much wider concept than just health. Um, and, and there's there's a lot more depth to it um, than than mental health might um, might might kind of explain on its own. Um, this is something that Joe Joe explains really well. And for anyone listening, if you if you head back to our first episode from last week, if you haven't heard that yet, Joe does a really good job of explaining why well being is such a powerful word and and what it encapsulates. Um, but so just just thinking about your kind of journey and experiences with it, is is mental well being something that you have been aware of and practiced in your own life for a long time or is it something that you've come to relatively recently uh, i think something relatively recently i i it's very hard to get mental well-being and health mixed up with are you just getting wiser with age i think there's 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 a th- some, some people just get their life sorted when they're very young and then some people it takes a little bit longer and i think over i think just over the lockdown i was a lockdown dad <laughs> And homeschooling two kids, so I one with autism, so that gave me quite a bit of time in my own company and not actually out working every day, so I had a bit more time to think about it. And I think I found 
that just having that space and time, I, I, I did think about it a lot more and uh, just made, made you think of how you can move on and how you can improve yourself and how to make your, your own mind or how to, how to make yourself feel better. Yeah. Was there a particular point in lockdown where you decided to, let's say, look, look into it a little bit further, you know, for your own benefit, for your kids' benefit? I, well, definitely for my kids' benefit. I think uh, mental well-being is, is just being in a good place and a good state of mind for your kids as well, uh, and just being a good dad to your kids. But I think during lockdown, I found myself talking to not necessarily anyone I knew or my friends or family about my mental health. I was talking to strangers on Instagram that I was having conversations with, and I found myself telling them deep dark things about myself that I would never actually tell any of my friends or family. Yeah. And I think that there made me realize that I kind of needed to, to have a better support group around me or more supportive people around me to, to try and improve my own mental health. Yeah. This is something that I, it's part of the journey that I was definitely on and I'm still on to a large degree is there's something about human nature that you, you you find it easier to share with strangers than you do with those close to you. <clears throat> and it's something that I have explored as to why that is the case. Um, the, 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 the answer I'm currently at is, I think there's an element of the mind that says, if I share with those who depend on me for certain things that I am not as strong as they might think I am, then I inadvertently might hurt them or worry them. So I'll go and tell someone else who doesn't depend on me who's not going to worry that I'm worried or not in, in the best kind of mental state. Is that what you find when you were picking up these conversations with people you didn't know? Yes, 100%. I think that, and I think just anyone with uh, quite an anxious brain has is, is already f got a, a fear of judgment from the people that they know. Um, so I think, yes, speaking to someone that's that's separated from your own life can be a lot easier. They might not know you as well as your friends and family, and but I, I definitely found it easier just to, to have that cut off and uh, have that back and forth with someone that I didn't know. Yeah. So I think this is something I'm very interested to speak to you about later on, the, the community that's grown from the Edinburgh Blue Balls and how you combine um, the, the, the physical activity of cold water immersion and, and how that supports the, the conversational community element. But before we get into that, are there things that you do now um, on a daily basis or a regular basis to, to manage your mind that you hadn't considered in the past? I think uh, definitely the just cold water swimming, I do that like three, three, four times a week. So that there definitely does help me. Uh, I usually do a bit of breath work before going in and out of the water. Uh, again, that helps. And I think just having... A kind of community of people there where you can actually check in and speak to on a regular basis, which I didn't have a few years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's definitely helped, but for definitely to help my well-being, yeah. Yeah. And are there other, apart from the cold water swimming in that group, are there other areas of your life that you now consciously look at as, as a way of cultivating a positive mind? So any, any kind of hobbies or other professional interests? Um, well, I think my, my photography as well, that's that's something that keeps me very busy and I'm always, if I'm not out shooting, I'm sitting down at a computer yeah. and if I'm not doing that, I've I've got kids so that I, 
and just kind of feel like I'm busy all the time. So yeah. uh, last year I purchased a, a bit of a, a middle-aged uh, thing and bought myself a little, like an old Volkswagen camper van. Oh, so killer. That there for, sometimes now if I have to edit for 12 hours straight, I just drive out into the middle of nowhere, yeah. somewhere where I can go for a swim, take the dog, and I can I can edit in the van or I can take an hour out, go for a walk, and just having some some me time basically yeah oh man that sounds ideal can you can you call me next time you do that and I'll, <laughs> I'll tag along in a trailer or something only if you swim <laughs> deal you've got me um you you, you strike me as, as a creative a very creative person and i think if if i'm right in saying that it's something that um i have unlocked in myself over the last few years and there's no coincidence that that has coincided with me being able to manage my my mental well-being better um for years i was in a um, a great career uh, in London, but I, f- I struggled every day to find ways to be creative in that career. You know, so um, it got to the point where I was trying to make PowerPoints as um, visually appealing as I could, right? Just and, and I thought at the time that's because it, you know, it looks good for the clients, blah, blah, blah. Now I realise it's because it, I needed a creative outlet. Yes. Part of the reason that I wasn't in as sharp as mental state as I could be at that time, I now know is because I didn't have a true creative outlet. So I've moved into a space where um, consciously, as far as I possibly can, everything I do professionally um, and you know, definitely everything I do hobby-wise has creativity at the heart of it. And that plays a massive role in me being able to express who I actually am as opposed to who I think I should be for other people. Um, would you say that you have chosen a vocation or a direction that, that enables you to express who you are through your photography, for example? It's quite interesting that you, that you just said that about your PowerPoint presentations because I can always remember even as far back as when I was in school that I used to get a row for decorating my test test sheets and putting double lines and fluorescent lines and they always used to give me get a row for, for decorating that. So that's quite interesting that you say that. It's just kind of pinged back that memory of probably not having any creative outlet at school. So, But I think definitely for photography is, yeah, I think I'm quite a creative person. So... I need to be doing something like it would just kill me to sit at a desk all day and yeah. not do anything, not or do the same job with the same people every day. Yeah. So I think that's the, the photography is the creative part of that. But again, even just being a photographer is quite a solitary. If you're a freelance photographer, you're working yourself most of the time. You're not working with the same group of people all the time. So that there is is quite a solitary thing, and it's probably not as good for the for your well-being to to not work with the same people all the time yeah yeah if you had to package it up what what role do you think creativity plays in managing a healthy mind mm, i think you like for me i can go out into nature and take pictures of like like uh, bluescapes greenscapes things like that 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 there would uh that would always ease my mind, and that's that's something I've always done just to to try and to try and bring back my mind to to so I'm a bit more in the moment yeah. and not worrying about emails, worrying about uh, client deadlines and things like that. That if I if I go out with my camera, that's that is something that keeps me in the moment rather than thinking of what I should be doing or what I should have done. Yeah, and I suppose it's about finding. I I I'm a true believer that you know everybody has creativity in, inside them and it doesn't always have to take the, the same traditional form so you know the mind doesn't have to jump to if you're a creative you're a painter a photographer an artist or 
uh, a singer or a songwriter. It's I, I genuinely believe there's aspects of creativity there in everyone, and and something that I think we could do a better job for each other is helping one another identify what that is, um, and then also helping them understand how they can deliver on that. You know, what environment they can be in to to unleash this creative mm-hmm. activity in whatever capacity. Because it's it's helped me immeasurably, and and almost kind of facing that reality of saying okay um a, a certain traditional career path vocation it wasn't serving me it mm. served me in many ways um from a stability perspective financially but but actually that falls away when you compare it against what it does for your soul and your mind and i think that must be quite hard for for people around my age that have been in the same industry or the same job for for 20 years and then like that must be quite a hard transition to to just finish all that and then to try and follow your creative leads rather than your financial worries and things like that that you've already been doing for the last twenty years. So yeah. I think it's, it's it's quite a hard step for a lot of people, which is why uh, I think it's nice to have that release to do, like to just to get out there and do find a hobby that works for you or to find something. Or just finding time for yourself to actually do something. Yeah, yeah. The time's often the most challenging, especially when you've got you know children or people that depend yes, on you. A hundred percent. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's almost that unpredictability of time. So, uh, the the old me would be like, okay, this is how my day is structured. Um, I can't deviate from that. Whereas now, particularly you know going through lockdown and nursery closures and and all the rest, you're kind of like, if I have an opportune five minutes of my day yes. and the sun is shining, yes. I am going out and I'm 100%. doing something. Yes, that's that's definitely what kids teach you. Amongst <laughs> <laughs> a million other things. Um, look, I think I think creativity is actually a really good bridge into the, the Edinburgh Blue Balls journey because um, the, there's been an immense amount of creativity come from that. And I think that's been part of its real success and how it's captured minds and attention of, of guys, not just in Edinburgh, but beyond. Um, so, so let's kind of move in to talk about that. How, how do you describe Edinburgh Blue Balls to, to people who have never heard of it? It's basically a group where a bunch of guys can come down. Uh, we usually do two swims a week, and you can come down to uh, the meeting point in Portobello. And most people come down about half an hour early, and we all sit around and have a chat before we get into the sea. And then we head down to the beach at 9.30. We get ready to go into the sea and there's a bit of banter there, there's a bit of chat and everyone just goes into the sea at the same time so you're basically going into the sea with like 20-30 guys and you're all going in at the same time you're all freezing your balls off at exactly the same moment you're you're talking about everything and nothing all at the same time you're, you've got that build up of adrenaline for going into the water You've got that build-up of the freezing coldness of the water. You're talking away to complete strangers sometimes and having the best conversation because you're going through all the same emotions at the same time. And then you kind of relax into the water, I think, as well. And I think just your resistance to the, the cold water is is just gives you like some kind of nervous chitter-chatter where you're just talking complete shit to a lot of people. <laughs> and but. Like the, the amount of smiles and laughing that you get on when, when when you see everyone in the water is just absolutely amazing. Yeah. And it's different every time you go in the water. Sometimes it's clear as a as as glass and then the next day you can go in and it's massive waves and you feel like those waves are washing over you. And then most most days we all come out of the water around about the same time. Some people come out earlier, some people come out later, and then 
we all go for a nice hot chocolate or a coffee down down on the beach and sometimes spend another hour hour and a half sitting chatting around so yeah and it's 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 so heartwarming to see a bunch of guys that have really never met each other before and now they're hanging around for hours talking about after the swim and just hanging out and there's little groups and split off groups that go for a swim most days as well so it's 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 really heartwarming to see that it's it's exactly the same experience that we've had with the men who is ultimately this is a, a coming together of a, a, a number of guys in Edinburgh who had never met each other before. You know, large, largely actually there's, there's a lot of differences in personality types, backgrounds, professionalisms. Um, but the, the equaliser of, in our case, a talking circle, in your case, you know, cold water, it, um, it brings everybody onto the same level immediately. And there, you, you almost dissolve that societal fear that we need to get to know one another before we can start talking about anything. Yes. And and that it, it there's this kind of third aspect to the situation that that just removes that immediately. And that's it's such a powerful thing to be a part of, isn't it? I think so. Uh, even just when you asked me to talk about myself, there, uh, like the only thing I could think of was to say I was a photographer. But there's there's guys I've seen there every Sunday for the last six months and I've had long conversations with these guys every single day or every single Sunday or Thursday when we meet up and I've no idea what they do for a living. Yeah. Like that's not important. That is, and that's one of the things that surprised me is like how close you can get and how you can mentally check in with these people and you still might not actually know what they do for a living because it's not important. You, yeah. know, you don't see how people are dressed. You don't see them in their work gear. They're not talking about work. They're just talking about how they are in that actual moment, yeah. And that there is like that's just amazing to see, because when you asked me to talk about myself, I was like, oh shit, what am I going to say? <laughs> I'm a photographer. Well, that's but that's something I probably wouldn't mention when I go down for a swim, yeah. So it's it's quite interesting just to see how people break down those barriers when they're when they're going in the water. Yeah. So Joe calls it the bro dance, right? So that 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 five or ten minutes when you first meet another guy and. And you, you mentally dance around one another and yes. try and size each other yes. up and think, right, is this guy cool? Is he an yes. asshole? Are we going to be mates? <laughs> and, then you, and, then, and then you find that node of commonality and you think, okay, well, we could maybe be mates for like six months or, yes. you know, we're going to be mates for the rest of our lives. Um, that, that level are just, that eliminates the bro dance. Yes. And, and what, you know, we could all do with less, less of the bro dance yes. in our lives, I think. A hundred percent. Even like, I'm against football chat and... Like I'm not a good like talking about sports and anything like that, but it, like I think just going in the water is just such a it, you're just all you're talking about is how cold it is, how you're feeling at that time, and that's it's just it's such a, an amazing the the connections that I've made from people just from from doing that is just unreal. It's yeah. it's pretty heartwarming. Yeah, heartwarming is an apt word for a bunch of guys who go into a freezing yes. cold, and it's a bunch of vulnerable guys. They're not. They're, they're like it's they're very all big, beautiful strong men and but so vulnerable and yeah. that's, that's a beautiful thing to see yeah for sure um tell me about how the blue balls came about what was the journey and and at what point did you sit down and think this would be a good thing to do uh, well as far back as a as a kid i always swam in the sea and rivers when i was growing up and then never really done that again until lockdown happened and uh, my youngest daughter has autism, so she, we used to take her swimming two, three times a week, and that was kind of mine and her thing to do. Uh, so obviously all the swimming pools closed down, so I found that taking her down into the sea really relaxed her, 
and I found that it actually it made me feel a lot better and a little bit more in the moment. Um, so, and I actually went down and swam quite a few times without her, and I'm not the most confident swimmer. So I would find that uh, uh, I would always be swimming alone. I would be in Portobello, which I, I live just right next to the beach, and I see so many groups, massive groups of women swimming, and all having their cups of tea after, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. Uh, so I also followed uh, a couple of uh, men's swim groups. There's one Ice Guys Northeast, and I asked them if they would open up a branch in Edinburgh. Yeah. And they were like, just go for it, just do it yourself. Amazing. So uh, I think... I think I had a bottle of red wine one night and posted a terrible picture of me in a pair of Speedos looking <laughs> off into the distance thinking, this is like a very pensive uh, kind of men's health picture. I should start a men's health group. And I did that thinking like one or two people would, would come. It wasn't even a, an Instagram page or a Facebook page at that point. And I think uh, I think about seven or eight people came that first time and yeah. it just kind of snowballed from there. And I, I think also... Getting again, just getting to my forties and realizing that I didn't have a good support group of people around about me. Maybe setting up this group was a, maybe a cry for help or something that I needed to do for myself, mm-hmm. or just again, just something creative to do. But I think the having the bottle of red wine and posting that picture definitely was a, a changing point in my life. So it was good. It was good to do. I'm gonna have to dig that picture out, <laughs> and and maybe a bottle of red wine as well. <laughs> um, so there's, there's another interesting thing you said there, which <clears throat> as much as the blue boss has done for other people, and it you know it really really has. I, uh, what I'm hearing from you is that you did it as much for yourself. I think so. I don't think I realised that at the time. I think that was a bit of a, a cry for help. Um, I think that was a bit of a cry for help for for me. But I, like I I did just set it along to set it up to try and get a couple of couple of guys that I could go swimming with and we could chat about mental health or yeah. just basically check in with each other because I think that was something that was missing from my life. Yeah. Uh, but I just I had no idea that... I think it was just the right time and the right place to start a group like that after lockdown where people were stuck in the house working with their partners and people just needed an outlet to, to do something else. And it's just... like The amount of people that come along for a swim is, is just crazy now. Yeah. It's like a, some really big groups now. So Yeah. So it's nice that some that we have like little split off groups where we do smaller groups as well. So it is nice, but it's just it's it's so nice just to see how supportive the guys are to each other. We always post some dodgy picture when we before we go in the water or when we come out of the water, and then that gets posted on some of the chats, and just the chats are just endless. And the WhatsApp chat, all, all the guys talking to each other pretty much constantly for the whole week, and it's quite nice just to see how well each each everyone supports each other and it's such a nice thing to see the like there's different walks of life there there's different like no one cares about your sexuality no one cares about what size you are no one cares about your job it's just vulnerable guys and getting on and really supporting each other which is beautiful that is beautiful and the way you've put that is is beautiful um so i i think you know very similar um genesis to the men who in the uh if if we look back, actually, the reason we set the men who up was as much for ourselves as others, because because we wanted to continue to have a place to talk, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think I think that needs to be acknowledged in the journeys of of groups like ours. That yes, it plays an important role in a community, but there is also a very um, I don't know if it's selfish the right word, but there's there is a selfish element to it that you know you you can't forget that you will also benefit from just being a part of this. Mm. I think, yeah, like, 
I think a lot of things wouldn't happen in life if it wasn't for people being selfish. And I think you have to be a little bit selfish in order to start something. And I think, like, obviously it's it's an amazing community that we've built, but I think you have to be a little bit selfish in order to, to start something like that. And I think that was, is, I had to bite the bullet and just, it was either I had that bottle of wine and just never, ever done it. And I think, but I'm so glad I did just for all the connections and the, the nice people that I've met and the nice people that I see getting along and meeting up themselves. And so it's, yeah, I think you have to be a little bit selfish in that yeah. respect. You're here. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that we find is um, that the benefit of talking extends way beyond the hour or the 90 minutes that we spend together every week. Um, we, we can feel the power of that outside of these talking circles and, and almost subconsciously you kind of apply these lessons uh, and apply um, your new perspectives to everyday situations. How do you find that what you do with the Blue Bulls manifests in, in everyday life when you're not, you know, wearing budgies out on Portobello Beach? <laughs> I, I always wear them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think I think just knowing that you've got the support there, right, there's there's so many things that have happened to a lot of the guys and that, that some of their stories have, and everyone is just so supportive of each other. And I think, like just knowing that you've got that support behind you, it makes makes it easier. There's someone just just the other day they they were going for a first date, so they posted just a little random thing. Where should I take my first date? And there must have been about three hundred replies to where he should go for a first date. Oh man! So like it's it's just a very supportive group as to like there's, there's so many people just use their hive mind and ask a random question in that group, and they, straight away they've got. Like if you if you I had to turn my notifications off on WhatsApp because like if you if you leave it for a day you'll have four hundred missed messages or something like that and that's every day yeah it's it's pretty intense and it's pretty good at the same time uh, so it's nice to it's nice just to have that support so any decisions you're making I, I feel that there's there's a support there and it's they're always you can always reach someone from the group as well yeah and I think that's that's the nice thing I think. We did we did do a few circle check-ins when we first started, and we had someone come and do one on the beach, and then we did a few, which which is nice. But I think the group's far too big now to do that, and that's such a nice thing to do as a, a smaller group, which is what you guys are doing. And I think that's the beauty of of something like that. So, uh, but just having that support when you're not in the water as well is it's it's pretty consistent, which is great. Yeah, and you do find you can ask quite a lot of seemingly irrelevant questions to these guys yes. and you'll come up with, like you say, 400 answers as yes. to where you should go on a date. <laughs> where, where, what, where did they choose? <laughs> oh, I, I don't There was a lot of, there was archery, there was oh my uh, goodness. The, the cinema, there was, there was all sorts of things in there as well. Did, there was uh, a lot of rude answers in there as well. Yeah, so. I can imagine. <laughs> did, did cold water swimming feature as an option? I thought that was definitely an option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how long that relationship no, would go. No, that's not a good thing to do on a first date. <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll take my wife there on our, I don't know, 100th date or whatever it is now. <laughs> um, that's so cool. That's so cool. Just, I, 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 I don't want to let this pass because you, you mentioned it earlier that when you were coming up with the idea for the Blue Balls, you'd seen a lot of women out there doing cold water swimming and so have I. I mean, typically when I run past Portobello or down at um, New Haven, uh, it, it's kind of groups of women that are going out and immersing themselves. And it seems to me as if it's something that typically female groups have done that for a lot longer than male groups. And it looks like it, it, uh, yet another example of um, groups of men following in the footsteps of groups of women to manage mental well-being. If, if you've ever spoken to these groups of women, has, 
has their mental well-being featured at all in the reasons why they do this or is it more a, a social activity for them I think women in general are generally talk to each other about how they're feeling and they'll, like they'll confide in each other as friends and they will they will tell people their secrets and tell people their worries whereas men tend to talk about sports and football and they don't really want to talk about their feelings to each other so uh, I think women will definitely get a, a, a lot of a lot of uh, benefits for their mental health but they they've been doing that for years anyway just by talking to each other and openly talking to each other whereas men for the most part are are slightly a bit more reserved and not really wanting to to go delve deeper into their feelings yeah it's it's funny that we generally have to engineer situations for us to be able to do that mm. whereas whereas and I've observed this with you know my wife and her friends and and female friends when I was growing up that they will naturally find themselves talking about what um, men have to think about talking about, if that makes sense. Mm. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, I think men, men are just generally not very good at, at talking. And even when we go for a swim, like no one's standing there just talking about exactly how they're feeling. It's, it's more just a bit more organic and uh, it's all the connections that our people are making and, and sending each other messages after the swim. And yeah. I think that's that's where the support comes there for if anyone actually does need a like a proper check in or proper uh, needs some support, yeah. So one of the things Joe and I talked about in the last podcast was often just knowing things like the talking circle or the blue balls is there is a comfort in itself. Mm. Even even if you can't make it along, there's there's some part of your psyche that says if I'm part of a community that I know if I really yes. need to dip into that, it, you know, excuse yeah. the pun in your case, sure. um, then it's there and and that gives you a good sense of warmth doesn't it yeah i think we, i mean we've got lots of people from there's people in canada there's people in austria there's like people that are that are telling us we they feel part of the community and they've they've not even stepped foot in the country so yeah. that's it's quite a nice it's a nice thing to know that it's reaching people not just from edinburgh yeah even from some of the swims we were getting people that come over from glasgow just to come on a swim in portobello on a sunday which is it's not the most tropical place in the world, so uh, it's, uh, it, it must be doing some good. Yeah, oh, the white sands of Portobello. I bet they look like that from Glasgow, though, right? Yeah, well, that's true. It's like, it's like the East Coast Caribbean. Yes. Sorry, sorry to all of our Glasgow listeners. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal thing. Um, I have two more questions on the Blue Balls. One, one's a very practical question. For, for those um, men or women who are thinking about following in your footsteps, either with your group or, or on their own, what practical advice do you have to people on overcoming that fear of getting into the cold water? Just go with go with a friend. Go with don't don't do it alone. Uh, it's a surprise. Even I swim I swim solo quite often still, but it's I find I still find it hard getting into cold water when I'm myself. Mm -hmm. If you're going in with twenty other guys and your balls are hitting the water at the same same time, it's it's amazing how much comfort that gives you. <laughs> But uh, I think just to make sure you 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 read all the the safety uh, advice of cold water swimming and go with someone else just and don't 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 go alone. Yeah, and it also helps have a pair of EBB branded budgies, right? Oh, of course, of course, and and the beanie hats and as the well. beanies, and yeah, t-shirts and, and the, the tees. And next, there'll be those cold jackets. <laughs> we've got a flag yet, but we've not we've not quite uh, we've not had the confidence to put it up yet. Well, surely you need a, a ship before you can put your flag up, right? That's coming. That's the next. Okay. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. Hey everyone, we just want to say a huge thanks for tuning into this episode of the Men Who Talk. 
and take a quick break from the conversation to remind you how you can access more information on our collective. Head to our website, www.themenwho.com, drop us an email at letstalkatthemenwho.com or check out our Instagram, at themenwho underscore, to see what we're up to. Together, it's our purpose to raise the power of sharing what's on our mind and make it easier for men everywhere to access their well-being potential. So why don't you join us on this lifelong journey? Thanks, and back to the show. Cold water swimming, to me, um, looks like something that, that really touches the body, the mind, and the soul. If, if you agree with that statement, how would, you, how would you bring that to life for someone that you know, hasn't been in the cold water yet and felt that experience? I think when you get yourself into some cold water, I think that it gives you a bit of a natural high that lasts like a long time before, during and after the swim, like a, a good few hours after the swim, it kind of activates your endorphins. Um, there's so many other health benefits that I'm sure everyone's read about and it's, there's a lot of press about it just now, like boosting your immune system. It's, it gives you a kind of cardiovascular workout. Uh, kind of by flushing your arteries and your veins because your circulation is going so hard to keep your body warm. Uh, it's got a, an antidepressant effect. Um, I think as well as your body adapts, you become less reactive to the cold water, which helps you when to deal with everyday life situations when you're out of the water as well. Um, I think another thing is increase testosterone and libido as well as the same time as freezing your balls off. So. That's quite an interesting concept there. Uh, but I think like all these positive things is probably only 50% of the actual experience. I think just sharing that time with other people and getting in the water with other people and just making those social connections and while you're in that frame of mind, I think that's, that's one of the main things and one of the main health benefits for, for me anyway. Here's something you've, you've maybe not thought of. Um by nature of the question what what subconscious benefit do you think the, the that activity brings you when you're not you're not kind of constantly aware of um of what it's doing for you is there anything in your life that you could now look at and say well actually do you know i think i performed better here because of that swim i think i think most things I, I, again just going back to the the how supportive the, the people are in the group i think that's the, I, I can't say there's one thing that I've done better because of it. Uh, I would like to to think that, but <laughs> I think uh, I think I, again, it's just it comes down to how supportive the group are and just the the connections that I've made during there, and the I think that that comes across in everyday life. But I, I can't say there's one specific thing that I, I think I've actually done better mm -hmm. because of it. Maybe that's the beauty. We don't know what it is, but <laughs> I'm 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 a big believer that it does manifest in ways that that you will never ever see. Yes, yeah, um, I'm sure. Yeah. Um. Final question on on Edinburgh Blue Balls, which is, I suppose, a summary or a reflection on your experience of it so far. What has it taught you as a man, a friend, a father? Um. I think just to to be in the moment, and I think just. A sense of community that uh, I never had in my life. Uh, I think just uh, I think that's what it's taught me. Um, I, I've got a support system that I never had before, and that I shouldn't be scared what people think about. 
I shouldn't be like I shouldn't feel like I should be judged all the time. Like people don't give a shit, uh, and it's just I don't know. I think just meeting a, a really nice bunch of guys. Yeah, phenomenal. How can people get involved? Uh, just follow us on Facebook uh, or Instagram. Send us a message and uh, don't be shy. There's I think we're, we're planning on actually having a a day where they're like the Facebook has got like I don't know like eight hundred people in there. And the Instagrams were up to like eighteen hundred or something, but there's a lot of lurkers in there that probably think they're going to swim and never actually have made it down. So we're probably going to do uh, yes yourself like me. They're <laughs> <laughs> probably going to do one a swim where like it's just all new people, yeah, just to try and encourage a few more people to come down. Um, but uh, like just send us a message and come down on a Sunday and get yourself in the water. It's like it's 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 the first one will be the, the hardest part is just thinking about it. Once you're there, it's absolutely fine, and you'll you'll not regret it. Here, here. Well, look, I I give you my word that I and and many <laughs> others from the men who lurk will will will, will be along for us. I know where you live now. So yeah. it's okay. Damn. Um, <laughs> look, we'll get something organised. It'd be good to be good to put on a, a kind yes. of semi-formal men who swimming event. Yes, 100%. Um, get get all our balls hitting the water at the same time and <laughs> and see what men we kind of really are. <laughs> um, look, it's a phenomenal thing you've created. I. You know, it really has captured the attention, um, and and I think that's been paramount to to what has been a really quick growth. But beyond that, what has done a lot of men a huge service at a really difficult time um, for everybody. So huge congratulations to you, and and we're absolutely looking forward to following its growth. Amazing! Can't wait to have you guys down and come yeah. swim with us. Good man. Um, let's let's leave the blue balls in the water for a while, um, and just kind of pull ourselves back into the the, the general mental well being space. Thinking about everything you've said, everything you've experienced with blue balls and, and wider than that, if you were to sit down with someone who was having a tough time, what one piece of mental well-being guidance would you offer them? I think just going back to what we were saying before is just to be a little bit selfish and go and do something for yourself, do something you've always wanted to do. I think my age bracket is probably like a few years before I hit 50, so... I think you, you start to have a change in attitude towards a lot of things. And uh, I think the blue balls was me just being a bit selfish and getting out there and doing something that I wanted to do. And I think just finding some time for yourself. Uh, I think just especially for for people that have got kids and relationships, I've kind of like for the last 10 years, I felt like I kind of lost my own identity to try and just get through life in a kind of whirlwind. And, uh, I, it's just actually just taking a bit of time out for yourself and finding out who you are again and reconnecting with yourself to, 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 to move to your next stage. Yeah. I'm really happy that you brought up the selfishness element again, because I think the world we live in, um, we're all conditioned to say, don't be selfish, exist to serve others. And, and of course there's a place for that, but I think you do reach a point with, um, your own journey where you realize that you cannot be selfless unless you are first selfish mm. right we all we all use or we're all familiar with the the airplane mask the oxygen mask analogy i've always fit yours before a child yeah. and a lot of people say if i was in that situation I'd, there's no way i'd do that i'd go mm. straight to my kid and, and perhaps you would perhaps i would but from a mental well-being perspective and cultivating a positive mind i now know that if i don't look after myself I cannot look after those who depend on me to the best of my ability. Mm. Um, and you start, you stop seeing that as selfishness. You actually, in a funny way, see that as being selfless mm. by looking after yourself. Yeah, I think so. I think on a similar vein to that as well, the, 
a lot of uh, men get they get slagged off for having like a midlife crisis for for trying to get fitter and maybe ditching some relationships or ditching friends and people will have a very negative thing and say, oh, they're having a midlife crisis, but that's that's them being selfish and actually looking after themselves, yeah. finding time for themselves. So I think that's something that should be celebrated a bit more rather than looked down upon. So I think that's in the same kind of vein as, like, you got to help yourself before you can help others. Yeah. I, I bought a motorbike a couple of years ago and all of my mates immediately came in and they were like, mate, you're only 32, what are you doing? <laughs> it's midlife crisis. And I was like... Maybe it looks like that from the outside, yeah. but I know when I'm on that bike, there is nothing and no one to distract me. Um, and that gives me escapism. And that is part of my, you know, cultivating, cultivation of a, of a, of a healthy mind. Yeah. Um, I know it's an escape for me. Best feeling in the world. Isn't oh, it? man, unbelievable. It's just a shame you can't drive it into the sea, right? Well, well that's true. That's <laughs> probably, if you do do that, can I, can I film that? Because that's <laughs> probably quite a good one. Uh, when I get my L plates off, you can be the first <laughs> man on the scene. <laughs> Uh, do you ride? Uh, I know I did when I was sixteen and seventeen. I had a bike then, but I, I've, my dad—he just recently got his bike there, so I've quite thought thought about it quite often. Just going out, hitting the roads in East Lothian, go for a swim. Okay. Sounds amazing. So what I'm hearing here is there's an opportunity for you and I to create an Edinburgh <laughs> bikers group, right? A mental health bikers, group. a biker and a van group. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, you can tow my bike along <laughs> while I wobble around behind you. <laughs> Mate, it's going to be—it's the future. <laughs> Sounds amazing. <laughs> um. Has has facing adversity or, or mental adversity made you value going through that? Uh, I, I personally think it's work in progress for a start, but I think uh, age is a, a healer with a lot of things, so I, I don't know whether the, the age or the wisdom comes in there, um, but like things that bothered you in your 30s doesn't really bother you in your 40s, so... But uh, I think it definitely does helps you, and it, it it can help you help others. Um, so I think I, I don't know. I think uh, I think I'm in a lot better place than I was a few years ago, and I feel better for it. But then, uh, you some people just fly through life without these problems, and they're probably a lot better than all of us. So, yeah. <laughs> so you've got to look at it in two minds that way. But I th- I think definitely the if you have to struggle with something, you appreciate. It things coming out the other side a lot more yeah yeah and it's amazing when you get to the point where you in in almost in real time as you're going through it you can you can understand that there will be lessons in the future that will benefit you right yes oh yeah definitely for example leading to things like the blue balls the men who you know i don't think either of these would exist if you know you i others involved hadn't felt a need for them in some capacity because of an experience that we'd had in the past Yes, that's. I mean, that's. I think that's why every group like this will will come about. There's someone, I think, if you were to start a group and had no problems or no issues, and then I think, uh, I don't think you'd quite have the the understanding or empathy for for other people that, to join the group. Yeah, empathy is a really strong word, mm. um, a very powerful word. Um, we're going to round off on something that we're doing um, with all of the podcast guests, which is. Um, we're going to ask the, the, the previous guest to leave a question for the next guest. So I have one for you. And then I will ask you to leave a question for uh, sure. the, the next guest. But the, the, the past question was from Joe, who was on uh, the, the first episode. And his question was, if you could go back in time to a version of yourself that was suffering, what would you say to them? 
Uh, is this a test to see if I listened to your last podcast? Well, it would give you an advantage because <laughs> you had a no, time to think about it. I did. Uh, <laughs> I think I would probably just give myself a big, massive hug and tell myself to go jump in a body of water and hope I took that in the right context. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think uh, it's. I think regrets is uh, it's a pretty pointless thing. It's. Uh, I say that, but uh, like. Uh, I have a lot of things that plays in my brain, but like you've just got to remember that what's done is done. You can't can't go back and change it, so there's no point in in worrying about it. So, yeah. but that would that would be nice if uh, if I could meet myself in another ten years time. That would be that would be pretty helpful. Yeah, especially right now in my life. Yeah, and help him frame yes what he's going through. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Good man. Um, we don't know who the next guest is yet to okay. be confirmed, but do you have a question for he or she? Uh, yes. Okay, so your next guest, whoever it is, has a well-being superpower, and they are allowed to take away one personality trait from themselves. And what would that be, and why? Fantastic. I'm going to have a think about that in the week. <laughs> and if it's, if it's only one, that's a struggle. <laughs> um, it's a superb question, mate. Thank you so much for your time on the podcast thank you for everything you're doing with the blue balls as i say it's been a massive inspiration to us at the men who and you're helping so many guys around edinburgh and the world as you've said um so so here's to the future mate thank you very much thank you for having me in here it's been a pleasure thank you so much thank you cheers thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the men who talk we really hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as we did and can apply some of today's wisdom to your own mental well-being practices If you've found some value in what we've been sharing, feel free to rate and review our show as it really helps us spread the word and reach more listeners. For more information on this episode or our collective, head to the show notes or visit our website at www.themenwho.com. For now, keep talking, stay well, and be sure to join us next time for another episode of The Men Who Talk.